But we're going to have some fun tonight. I'm excited. This is not anything new. It may be new to you, but we, we cover this every year. It's one of my favorite subjects at Christmas time. And so we're going to talk about the word being made flesh. And what, um, you know, if you leave off the virgin birth, if you get all scientific and you, you start trying to find reasons to leave that part of the story out, you're really missing something special because the fact that, I mean, all of this applies to us, and this is probably where we may go next week, but if Jesus' body was formed by the Word of God, which it was, we'll look at that tonight, and he was born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, the Scripture also says that when you got saved, you were born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God which lives and abides forever. And if it can form Jesus' life, the word can form my life. I can be born again. I can be saved, not of what generational curses uh, came down through uh, the family or what life has brought me into or tried to make me, but I can be born again of the word of God, and it's, it's a powerful message. So with that, turn with me to John chapter 1. We're going to do quite a bit of reading in John 1, about 14 verses. I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, I'm going to insert the Word, he, the Word, was with God in the beginning. See, we, we often say Jesus was born, true, born into this earth, but he was preexistent to being manifest in the flesh. He was God. He was the Word. He was with God in the beginning. And you can go back to Genesis and you can see him there. He was the Word. He, he tells us that in verse 3. Through him, Jesus, the Word, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, Jesus, so that through Jesus all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, to the Jewish people, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Anybody believe? <laughs> he gave you the right to become the children of God 
children not born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of God so I'm at the being born again yes you were born due to your mother and father coming together but being born again was not of man's will it was of God's will he says that not of human decision or of a man's will or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh. Now, this word became is an incredible word when you look it up in the Greek. It means to cause to be generated. So the, the word of God became, it generated into flesh. It became flesh and was made, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. They have witnessed that the word was generated into a flesh body. They witnessed it. They walked with him. They saw him do the miraculous. They saw him fulfill the prophecies that they had studied from, from infancy. They had studied, and now they have watched this man. The lame walked. The blind see. All the prophecies that were said about the one that was coming, they've seen it. They've seen it. They've seen him in the flesh. The word has become flesh. The word, this is the, this is the miracle of the virgin birth. The word that God spoke down through the ages of time, God's word became the seed instead of man giving seed. God's word became the seed. Remember God's word to Satan in the garden after the fall of man? In Genesis 3, he looked at Adam, he said some things. He looked at Eve, he said some things. He looked at the serpent and he said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. I'm telling you, that day, in that sentence, the seed began to be formed by the word of God. That when all the other prophecies and the lives of different people down through the ages of time began to paint a picture, portions of their lives began, we call it types and shadows or it began to paint a picture of who Jesus was. We can see Jesus in David. We can see Jesus in Moses. We can see Jesus in Joshua. You know, we can see Jesus in these different people. God would use a portion of their life, even Jonah. Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the well, he, he said there was a part of Jonah's story that was really, really there, though Jonah really existed. God was painting a picture of Jesus in the heart of the earth and his resurrection in the story of Jonah. I should say the account of Jonah, right? So this, all of these things had to be said, had to be portrayed. It, the seed 
couldn't be placed in Mary's womb incomplete. Because why, why was Jesus not born the next year after this statement in the garden? Why, why wait for generations for the salvation of man to come? Because the seed had to be complete. His life had to be pictured and it had to be, had to be finished before God could place that seed in the womb of woman. The seed is formed by the word of God. Now, I've got a, I've got a sheet. Uh, I brought some up here. You can grab one afterwards or somebody can hand a few out. Now, I only ran like 25 because usually y'all just take a picture of it with your phones. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's a sheet of all of the places. No, let me just back that up. Not all of the places. We, we can't even write all these down because from Genesis forward, it's about Jesus. We're going to look at those scriptures that tell us that in a minute. But there are some really fascinating ones. We're, right, we're seeing a lot about the nativity. We're hearing a lot about the birth of Christ right now. And Rick Renner has some amazing, amazing teachings uh, about the nativity, about the birth of Christ that you may want to, to look up and study. But we can go to Genesis 3.15, which we just read. We can find out that Jesus is going to be born of woman. He's not coming out of an egg somewhere. He's not, God's not just beaming him down, just sending him down like a superhero. He's going to be born of woman. We, can, we know that from Genesis 3.15. We also know it from Isaiah 7.14. We know that he's going to be born of a virgin. Let's just, let's turn to Isaiah 7. We've got time, don't we? Y'all are staying awake real well after that pizza. We try to give you pizza and coffee, and that way balance each other out. I just want to make sure, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight, or you can just take a picture of one of these sheets, but... um, I want you to see how amazing, how amazing it is that a prophet who has no idea, he's, the prophet's not looking back at this. Jesus hasn't come to the planet yet. And we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Jesus has not come to the planet yet. And yet these prophets say things under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit they probably don't even understand. They speak these words, Moses or whoever uh, records these things in the Old Testament. Not, we look back and we can see it. God had to speak these things into the earth through a man. Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means? Yeah, God with us. God has come to us. Jesus, this is is not Isaiah looking back at the birth of Christ. This is before. This is before. This is how sure... The word of God is. 
This is important. This is an important part of the story of Jesus because if he can, if he can lay all of this out and Jesus fulfill it, sometimes thousands of years later, how powerful is the word of God? How faithful is God to his word? So, so don't, don't start leaving off the virgin birth. It's important. It's important. It's important to my story. Because if the word of God is that sure, I need to know. I can, I can bank my life on it. The kings bringing him presents. The wise men bringing him presents. Do you know that was, that was prophesied? My, my grandkids came in and I was uh, decorating uh, the other day. And I had, you know, a nativity. And it was just on the kitchen counter. I hadn't put it up yet. And, and we were talking about, you know, the little gold boxes that they were holding and everything. And I was like, okay. This is pretty and everything, but I can't find the right kind of nativity. I said, because there wasn't three wise men. The Bible doesn't say there was three wise men. It says they had gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and so people say there's three wise men, and they got these little, like, trinket boxes that, you know, you would buy at Dollar General, and, you know, just... No, these, these guys traveled... They were a caravan traveling. They were bringing something to present to a newborn king. They're not coming in with the trinket box they picked up at the Dollar Tree. You know, and so talk to your kids about these things when you're putting up your nativity. And we used to always put our nativity under the tree. That's what we put under the tree instead of presents. But we have two two-year-old grandsons right now, so it's up on the fireplace mantle, if you get my drift. So there'd be golden frankincense everywhere right now. Um, explain these things because it's important. And we can go, I really didn't plan on doing this, but I think it's going right, to, let's do it. Let's go to Psalm 72. See if this is the one I want. Helps if I get in the right chapter. Oh, yeah. Yes. And here's the thing about type and shadow and, and pictures of Jesus that are layered in the word. Sometimes you can read above and below, and those parts don't fit. Like, the, David might be talking about something else in his life, and then he says something, and you go, oh, that sounds like Jesus. It's just, these things are just embedded in there, but when you see them, you'll know it because they're so connected. They match so well. Uh, in the story, like, for instance... Uh, when, the, when the prophet prophesies and, and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That should ring a bell to you because that's what Jesus said on the cross. So, you know, you'll see these connectors. You will know. You will know on your inside. 
Your spirit knows. It'll almost get like happy giddy because you're like, oh, that's Jesus when, when you see it. If it doesn't fit, don't force it to fit. But if it fits, it's, it's, a, it's a great moment. So let's look at verse 10. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. And then you can, you can go to Isaiah 60 and verse 6, and it talks about the gold and the incense that'll, be, that'll come in. There, is that the one that talks about the camels? Anybody there already? Isaiah 60? Is that the one that talks about it? Because it, it is so important. Isaiah 60, I apologize because I didn't plan to do this. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah and Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. I mean, it, it just, there was an entourage. It, it took camels to haul these gifts that they were bringing to a king, so much so that, that Herod noticed them. And I'm sure they sought safety because they had all these, these riches, and I'm sure they had their own security team. Uh, we're thankful for ours, but I'm sure they had their own security team traveling with them. This is all part of the Christmas story, and it was all prophesied. We, we did a whole message one time called It Had to Be. It, because it had to be. They, this had to happen because the prophet had spoken it, inspired of God. And so when we see these things, they're just confirmation that God's word is so true. He's so faithful to his word. I, it, you can go to Psalm 2-7 and know that he's the son of God. You can, the list of, of his lineage, the lineage that he has to come through, he has to. Because the prophet said it. He has to come from this lineage. And, and see, people don't understand. They, they look at God in the Old Testament, and they see God destroying nations. They see God saying, kill them and their children. They see the flood come on the earth, and they're like, but where is the loving God? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this to you. I know our RCC regulars know this, but we have a lot of new people. I'm going to explain it the way my dad explained it to me. If, if I have a loaded gun and I have a target back there, I'm not going to use Dylan. I'm, I have a target back there. I have a destination for the bullet. I've released the power. I pull the trigger. I've released the power to go to that target. There is one coming who will break your power. He's going he's gonna to come from the lineage of David. Okay, and I start giving the lineage through the words of the prophets of, of what bloodline this Savior is going to come down through. And I've released the power of my word for that to be done. Anybody that stands up and comes between 
God's word and that target, he did not kill. They placed themselves in between the power of God and the destination of his word. Was not his heart to kill. He sent, he sent Jonah to Nineveh to preach, not to destroy. He tried to get the people of Noah's day to live as righteous Noah lived. But he had to save Noah because they were the last righteous lineage on the earth. And his power had been released that the Savior was coming and that he would be a righteous branch. Well, when you're down to one righteous family and your word's out that the Savior's coming through a righteous lineage, you've got to get Noah on the boat and flood the earth. So there's so much of, of this story that is important to the rest of the gospel and to help us understand his lineage, who he came down through, who his parents were, who his bloodline was, Genesis 22:18, Genesis 21:12, Luke 3:23, Matthew 1, Genesis 28, Genesis 35, Numbers 24, Isaiah 11, Jeremiah 23. All of these talk about his lineage. He had it had to be. It had to be. His word was released and it had to be through that lineage. The fact that he would be born in Bethlehem they had to be taxed and had to go to Bethlehem because the prophet said he would be born in Bethlehem. That, that's found in Micah 5 too. A little town of Bethlehem. Had to be. Had to be. The prophet said it and it had to be. The fact he would be a prophet, he would be a priest, he would be a king, he would be a judge. He would come while the temple was standing. That he would be preceded by the messenger, John. It was... That was also prophesied, that he would be rejected by his own, that he would do miracles and healings, speak in parables, ride into Jerusalem on the donkey and reveal his death. That was prophesied way before the body was formed and placed on the planet. That he would be hated, that he would be betrayed by 30, for 30 pieces of silver. That was told before the seed was given. It's, a, it's amazing that he would not defend himself, that he would be beaten and spit on, that he would be numbered with the transgressors, that he would be pierced, that he would be crucified, that none of his bones would be broken, that they would cast lots for his clothing. It was prophesied in Psalm 22. They would be given vinegar to drink, Psalm 69. That he would say, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22 pictures the crucifixion, Better than the people that stood at the foot of the cross. Crazy. Absolutely. Will just blow your mind how accurate the word of God is. That he would be buried with the rich. That he would be resurrected. That he would ascend to heaven. That he would be seated at the Father's right hand. That he would be the king of kings. All of it spoken before God presents the seed. The seed had to be formed first. That's why Jesus wasn't born the year after Genesis 3. And that's not even to mention the lives that embedded a painting of him. 
it's not even including those. And, and this isn't all the scriptures. And if y'all found more scriptures I would, that are that plain, I would love to add them to the list. When Jesus said it is finished, when he was on the cross in, in John 19.30, he had fulfilled every prophecy up to the ones that told of his death. Perfectly. Only God. Y'all, there's not an author on the planet Earth that could write this story. It's impossible. No one's that brilliant. And, and, it, and it wasn't one man's writing. Try putting 66 books together and make them match perfectly word for word for thousands of years. This thing is real. It's so real, and the, the story of the birth of Jesus is so anointed. It's a great time to witness. It's a great time to talk about these things. Uh, just in passing, when you're in the, the, the Walmart Christmas section and you're all looking at nativity sets, it's a great time to say, you know, have you ever thought about... Because it is amazing. It gets me excited every time. Every time I start thinking about it, it's just, I love it so much. This seed had to be complete. So that on the day that the angel would approach Mary, the seed was ready. His whole life, his whole life, death and resurrection, perfectly pictured in the seed. Mm. Galatians 4. I know we preach this every year. I don't even care. It just lights my fire. Galatians 4. I wish we could just preach this to everyone that doubts. You know, that just, they're like, well, I've read the Bible. Oh, have you? Because you missed something somewhere. You can't make this stuff up. Galatians 4 verse 4 says, King James Version, When the fullness of the time was come. Couldn't happen in Galatians, I mean in Genesis 3. We were waiting for something. We were waiting for the fullness of time to come. When you look that word fullness at uh, it means completion, what fills as contents. We needed the contents. It needed to be full. Of, the seed needed to be full of its contents before it was given. When the fullness of time was come. Can you imagine that moment in heaven? Can you imagine the heavenly host who have watched this whole thing play out? who have been there with the prophets, who have appeared to different people for God uh, to give them messages and, and to help them through situations and circumstances that would picture Jesus. And then one day, day, I don't even know if that's a word in heaven, at one moment, it's complete. And God looks at the angel of the Lord and he said, go to Mary. The seed is ready. Whoo! 
when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. That word sent forth means to send away forth. I like that. To, he sent him away forth. Dispatched on a mission is what one of the commentaries said. He sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, that we could be the children of God. What a, what a moment. God's fixing to get his kids back. He's fixing to get custody. <laughs> hmm. Made of a woman. Why did Mary have to be involved? The scripture tells us in John 10 that there's legal ways and illegal ways to enter the earth, to enter the sheepfold. And the legal way for a human to enter the world is through the womb of woman. And so we needed Jesus to be the son of God and the son of man humanity he would be both the son of God and human he would be both we talked about it Sunday I think we don't have a high priest that can't be touched with our weaknesses he became human he walked in flesh he dealt with temptation Luke 4 yet without sin so here we have the seed of the word of God placed in the womb of woman. I like to see it as she incubated the seed of the word of God, much like we do when we receive the engrafted word that changes our lives. And so she incubated that body. There, there's an interesting statement. Well, let's go ahead and look at Mary real quick. Luke 1. Verse 26, I'm reading out of the King James Version. <clears throat> he's, he's approached, um, you know, Elizabeth is, is expecting, uh, supernaturally expecting John, who is going to be the forerunner of Christ, and she's a cousin to Mary. And in the sixth month with Elizabeth, the angel Gabriel was sent from God, verse 26, unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Had to be Nazareth because that was prophesied. Okay, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Had to be the house of David because that was prophesied. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this could be. I guess so. I mean, y'all just put yourself, this is a young girl, and uh, here's this angel, and you're highly favored, and yeah, that's a day. So the angel said to her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. You know what Jesus means? Y'all can talk out loud here. 
It's actually from the same word as Joshua. Yeah, he's, he's deliverance. He's salvation. Is that, it was actually a common name. But it had to be Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a seed implanted in the womb of Mary because she just accepted the word of God. And the heavens, you know, just had to go wild. When she said, be it unto me according to thy word, the words from Genesis 3 forward were placed inside her womb. Mm. That's some good stuff. And it formed a body. The word became flesh. It generated flesh. Became flesh. Hebrews 10.5, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. It wasn't satisfying to God. You know, the, the sacrifices were temporary. They covered their sin until they had to make another sacrifice. And, and God said that, that wasn't, wasn't the complete thing. It, it wasn't all satisfying to him. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. He prepared a body for Jesus. I looked up that word prepared in the Greek. It means to furnish completely. The whole of Jesus' life was in and death and resurrection and ascension was in that seed. A body thou hast prepared for me. God prepared the body. It was not made from the seed of man and the egg of woman. God prepared the body. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O oh God. Here I am. Here I come. Here I arrive. If you look it up, it means all those things. Jesus said, here I come. It is written of me to do your will. That's, that's a moment. Jesus said something on the road to Emmaus. And I didn't, I thought of this at the last minute, so I just have it scribbled in here. Go with me to Luke 24.
one of the fun aspects of this is that Jesus found himself in the word. He found himself in the scrolls. I mean, if you think back and you think about how he was, he was a child and he would go in and, and teach the scribes and, and it says he, he talked as one who had authority when he talked about the word. You know why? Because it was personal to him. Same way we should sound like we talk with authority when we talk about the word because we find ourselves in it. And Jesus found himself in it. Remember when he went and he got the, the book of Isaiah and he opened it up and he said, the Lord has anointed me. He told what the Lord, I mean, when he read it, he saw himself in it. And that's what we're supposed to do. Supposed to find ourselves in it. But in Luke uh, 24, this is kind of a, a unique moment not very many people even know about <clears throat> that Jesus, after the resurrection, walked the earth. He visited. He visited with people. <laughs> and so you can, you can read about that at your own. How that happened, why that happened, I don't know, but it happened. And so this is what's happening in Luke 24. Jesus has been resurrected, and he's, he finds these two, you know, finds them. I'm sure it was planned. He finds these two walking to a village called Emmaus, and that starts around verse 13. And so he starts walking with these two guys, and he's talking to them about the events that had happened. Of course, Jesus, the crucifixion, the, the gossip about the resurrection, it is, I mean, you think River Valley now's got it going on. This was the word on the street, and this is what everybody was talking about, and Jesus is, y'all don't tell Mark Freeman I said that, and and. Jesus is walking with them, and he's kind of getting, he's asking them questions and seeing how they answer it. They don't know it's him. And so it's, it's kind of a fun story to read. But it's interesting to me, in verse 27, it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We just read it from Hebrews. In the volume of the book, in the volume of the scrolls, it is written of me. If you're reading the Bible and you're not seeing Jesus, we're missing something. We're missing the point. I mean, yes, Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh and got swallowed by a big fish and got spit out on the ground, but that's not the whole of the story. Jesus said, just as Jonah, so the Son of Man We'll be in the heart of the earth three days. So, you know, he, he gave us those comparisons because he wanted us to get it. He wanted these guys to get it. And he started, I don't know how long this walk was, <laughs> but I'm just thinking Jesus started at Moses and with the prophets, and he's, he is, he's expounding to them. He's telling them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. He's like, guys, that serpent on the pole in the wilderness that saved y'all from the poison from the snake bite? That was me. That was me with your sin nature. Taking the poison of the enemy, of the, of the bite of the serpent, saving you from it. When that tree was thrown into the bitter water and the water was made sweet, that was my cross. That was my tree. I mean, he's like, he's like lighting this up. And they're like, oh. You're the bread from heaven, manna. You're the water from the rock. That's why. Oh, that's why Moses got in trouble for hitting the rock twice. 
Because you were only supposed to be punished. You were only supposed to take our punishment once. You hit the rock twice. Then you were supposed to just speak to it. Faith. Oh, they're lighting it. I mean, they're just like, well, at first they didn't get it, actually. But then in verse 31 it says, and their eyes were open and they knew him. Oh, that's us. That's right, Bridget. Their eyes were open and they knew him. And it all started making sense. And he vanished out of their sight. It's like, they got it. I'm gone. Jesus is so fun. He's so fun. We'll, we'll do some more later. We may go straight into tops and shadows from this. Because I, I, I know a lot of you, we know it, but doesn't it just encourage your faith and the surety of God's word?